And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you are well. It is July, July in Washington. Yes, we've talked about the sweat index before, and it is sweating profusely. The index is sweating. I'm sweating. People around me are sweating. Don't worry. I've got the mask on. I'm not touching anybody. Um, By the way, interesting weekend. Spent some time with my granddaughter. That's right. My granddaughter. I'm 55. I don't look it, though, quite frankly, uh, covering the Trump administration, I feel like a great, great, great grandfather. But that's besides the point. Anyhow, I had some great time with my granddaughter. And oh, by the way, quick dietary uh, tip of the weekend, or I should say non-tip of the weekend. If you're going to have ice cream at sun on Sunday, about 3 p.m. Eastern, don't go for ice cream again at about 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's exactly what I did. The old double helping of ice cream. Uh, and it was just not a, a good situation at all. But once again, you know I'm going to come to you with a dietary issue each and every podcast. And that is my dietary non-tip of the day. Please limit your dairy. Don't do ice cream twice within a six-hour span. Not good for you and definitely does not provide for a restful sleep. All right, on the podcast today, we have Jim Wallace. We're going to get into all his credentials uh, here in a little bit, but let me just say this. Uh, he, he's a big deal. He's the founder, president, editor-in-chief of Sojourners, the author of uh, 12 books, actually. He's a New York Times best-selling author. He served on President Obama's White House Advisory Council on Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. So look, uh, he runs the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, Had a chance to speak to him, and he will tell me today on the podcast that the single most important religious issue of the campaign in 2020 is racism. He'll explain why he believes that. And we'll get into all of that on the podcast. By the way, don't forget to subscribe, speaking of podcasts, to Number of the Day, Scott Rasmussen's new podcast here on justthenews.com. He goes into a certain statistic, a number, a poll number, breaks it all down, doesn't do it in sort of a geek way. Don't worry, Scott, geek, please give me a break. Knowledgeable as can be. And of course, speaking of knowledgeable, John Solomon reports, check out his podcast on the Just the News platform as well as Cheryl Atkinson podcast. Boy, she's a sharp cookie, as my dad would say. Uh, and of course, there's the Pod's Honest Truth. That's me. We're the Vaudeville Act on the JustTheNews.com uh, network. Uh, it's my Jewish roots, you know, the Catskills, the whole nine yards. Hey, I was a busboy in the Catskills. I'll have to do that on a separate podcast. All right, coming up, Jim Wallace here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our conversation with Jim Wallace, uh, the founder of Sojourners. Uh, Let's be clear, uh, he is a liberal Christian. Uh, He's a theologian, uh, very much into, obviously, what the Bible says about poverty and social justice. That is his, uh, how do we say this, evangelical bread and butter. Uh, This ain't Ralph Reed, if you know what I'm saying, all right? So Ralph Reed, who we've had on the podcast before, comes at it from the conservative perspective. Jim Wallace coming at it from the liberal perspective. But one thing that was really interesting in our conversation, and we spent the bulk of the conversation talking about it, is 
racism and the church and the fracturing therein of what's going on as it relates to the events in our society today. So we're going to start the conversation uh, with that and we'll move forward. We'll do this in two parts. Here's part one with Jim Wallace from Sojourners. Jim Wallace, thanks so much for being here and talking to me. I really appreciate it. Hello, David. Good to see you again. Let me ask you uh, here, let's start with a generic question. (laughs) And that is evangelicals in America. There's been so much written about Donald Trump and support by these white evangelicals. We've heard this 81% figure. Um, My concern, Jim, has been more along the lines of a fractured church. Uh, You know, this idea that, you know, you've got the the white evangelicals, in air quotes, supporting Trump, and you've got uh, others uh, in the church community that are frustrated with this president, uh, very angry, quite frankly, at evangelicals. Uh, for supporting this president. And and I'm concerned about the division within the church and ultimately how that might take away from from Jesus's word. And and I'm wondering if you could address some of that for me. Well, I'd love to try. Um, For me and as an evangelical, and I think for you too, David, you got to go back to the Bible. So Mm -hmm. in this election, I want to go back to the Bible. Uh, The first chapter, Genesis 1, it says, in the God created humankind in God's own image. Let us make them in our own image and our own likeness. The foundation of Christian politics is that, is the image of God, imago Dei, in all of us, in all of us. That's the foundation of every issue or position we should ever take on anything. So I think God is doing something, really doing something in this pandemic where we're all shut down. you know, hunkered down, which meant we're all watching. And all of a sudden we see this video from Minneapolis of an excruciating eight minutes and 46 seconds of a white knee on a black man's neck, George Mm -hmm. Floyd. And it led to a conversation, eight minutes and 46 seconds, a conversation of the last 401 years. I've never seen that before of America's original sin. So I think there is a way. I know this is bold. I know it's against the prognostication. But I think that the primary issue biblically in this election is racism. Racism Mm -hmm. is the central religious issue in this election. And that, I think, could bring people back white evangelicals with black evangelicals, uh, white mainline, white Catholic with the black churches. I think this is where Imago Dei is at stake, literally, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of voter suppression talk. If you suppress a vote because of the color of the voter's skin, that's throwing away Imago Dei, throwing away the Mm -hmm. image Mm -hmm. of God. Uh, And so I wanna see us go back to the Bible with this election and what God is doing, God is opening us up to understand that we have a that we have a sin, an original sin that must be repented of and hasn't really been yet. So what does that mean if Christians, what if white Christians were known this election as saying racism is the primary issue in this election and that's where we're going to go together. That would change yeah. all the perceptions that you're talking about. 
I have to tell you, Jim, I get the impression that not just white people, uh, in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and mm -hmm. some of all of this, well, we're seeing some of that for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. And I wonder even within white evangelical ranks, within the Donald Trump base, if you will, if we're seeing some of that also. Uh, and, and I'm wondering if this president is misjudging the electorate this time around. Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see how the president uh, responds to all this. But clearly, you know, talking about Confederate flags and statues as part of our history and our heritage to protect, I don't think a lot of white Christians are there. I think a lot of white white Christians are saying, no, I, I, I feel I every day I hear white Christians and it's white Catholics and you're right, it's white right. people. And I don't want the phrase white Christian to be defined by the word white. Mm. I'd rather have it defined by the word Christian or evangelical or Catholic. You're from a Catholic background and now evangelical. Mm. But I want our Christian identity to form our politics and not our white identity. Mm -hmm. And there's a real chance for conversion here. And a lot of black churches, as you know, well, a lot of our black brothers and sisters, the black body of Christ mm. feels when they saw that knee yeah. on the neck of George Floyd, they saw their own kids under that knee mm -hmm. or themselves. And very few white Christians did. And Corinthians says that when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. Well, mm -hmm. the black body of Christ is suffering with being afraid of their kids going outside in the morning. That's something white, white parents don't think about, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we embrace, acknowledge, and stand with uh, our black brothers and sisters in Christ? And this is way beyond uh, a person or a, this is, I wanna vote out racism, yeah. <laughs> up and down. Top to bottom, Vora, it's because it's, it's not just a president who I think has my own views. He's used our racial divisions and bigotry for political purposes. I think that's wrong. But the, have the Democrats gone far enough? No, not even close. So mm -hmm. how, 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 do you, and how do you go to mayors? And mayors are coming to, to me and all of us clergy and saying, help us with police reform issues. Yeah. Surround us with clergy. We, we have to figure this out. We have to make law enforcement fair for all of us. Our systems have to yeah. be for all of us. I think that's a religious issue more than a political one. Jim, what is your sense on this whole defund the police aspect? I'm just curious because the, it seems like, you know, I've talked to Donna Brazil and, and, and some other um, Democrats who say, look, this isn't about, we're not talking zero funding here, though, though there are some that want zero funding, but, but that's not the mainstream thought in, within Democrat circles, that the mainstream thought is to reallocate funds. Uh, is that kind of, what is your sense of, of trying to understand the defund police movement and where, where do you see faith playing a role in, in that? Well, actually the U.S. Conference of Mayors have come to us and said we need clergy to help us get people talking to each other on the ground, mm -hmm. which we're good at, bridge builders, because yeah. it, it is about reimagining public safety. You know, who do you send when some, something is going on? It is reallocation of funding. It is all that. But here's the thing for Christians again. Every black parent I know, Little League baseball coach, as you might have known for many, many, <laughs> 22 seasons, right? My boys are now college baseball players. So it's, uh, but long time ago, every black player I ever coached, every black player mm -hmm. had their parents have the talk with them. 
mm-hmm. about how to behave and respond, what to do with your hands, your eyes, when you're with a police officer. Every single black player, mm-hmm. none of my white players ever had that talk. Mm-hmm. So, so the police system, it's a culture, it isn't just bad apples, it's a culture, a structure, a system has to be changed. And I think we can change that. And of course, you're going to always need, uh, need uh, uh, you know, order and, and uh, the, the law being enforced. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. How do you respond to circumstances? So we need to rethink the whole thing and not put each other in categories and boxes. Let's rethink the whole thing. But I want to change the talk. I don't want black parents to have to have that talk anymore mm. with their kids. How do, and every black parent has that talk. Every talk to any black parent, they have that talk. I want white Christians to say, that's not right. That's not right. We yeah. shouldn't have that talk. So how do we change that whole culture? That whole, um, that whole, um, uh, you know, racializing the black men are dangerous mm-hmm. and guilty. Dangerous and guilty. Mm. And let's start with that. Dangerous and guilty. And that just isn't true. Let, let me ask you about John Lewis, of course, passed away uh, just a few days ago. Um, what, what is your sense? You talked about getting into good trouble. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I wonder what we're seeing today. It's, do you see a delineation between uh, protesting racial injustice and sy- systemic racism? And, and then there are folks that are tearing down and it's not just confederate statues it's other statues i mean they're they're vandalizing they're committing criminal acts i mean that is that good trouble i'm trying to understand the delineation point between protesters and the rest of the folks that are committing some nefarious acts out there john lewis is the only politician i ever let hold a baby of mine <laughs> is that right? so i tweeted yesterday with my son luke who's a college graduate now and with John Lewis holding my son, Luke. So John was extraordinary. And the good trouble, of course, he was clear, clear, clear all the time. Nonviolence, nonviolence, right. always clear. The vast majority of all the protests going on, the vast majority are, right. are peaceful. So when, for example, and these stories are crazy stories, in Portland, Oregon, federal troops coming in and creating confrontation with these peaceful, pro- been protested by the mayor, the governor. You know, I think we really have peaceful protests. I'm always, I was a kid uh, who marched as a kid, right? And I was always the, the one who said, no, 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 we're not breaking windows here. We're marching peacefully. So, but the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. And there's always a minority of people who, for whatever reason, use that. But that's not happening very much anymore. It happened a couple times at the beginning. That's over. So we got to understand these are peaceful but passionate protests because in fact, those black kids in the street and their parents know that they are not equal under the law Mm. in this country. Black Mm -hmm. people are not equal under the law. And that for me is a theological issue, David, for us, that's a theological issue, not just a political one. So I think Christians should vote out racism. I mean, it will take us a long time, but that's sort of not aimed at a, a party or a person Let's vote out racism. What do you say to the folks that, um, and I keep going back to white evangelicals only because when you see the CNN exit polls, they always call them, right? White evangelicals. So excuse the term, but white evangelicals that are voting for Trump, they have been demonized. They've been called racist. You've got blood on your hands. How could you support this man? I mean, do you, 
I want to say you personally see it in those terms. What do you say, though, to people uh, who have called Trump supporters some pretty vile things? I'm not talking about some of the white nationalist folks. I'm talking about regular, everyday white churchgoers, white evangelical churchgoers who are not racist, who don't have, don't feel any of that. I mean, what do you say that those people are being accused, uh, in essence, of enabling a racist? After the 2016 election, yeah. uh, it was a phone call I was on with evangelicals, white, black, Hispanic evangelicals. Um, and a white evangelical leader said, we didn't vote for Donald Trump because of his racial bigotry, but because of other moral issues, other moral issues, yeah. like abortion and so on. Yeah. And it was a black evangelical woman who said on the call, so racial bigotry isn't a deal breaker for you, huh? Is that right? It isn't a deal breaker. Shut down the call because it was. So there is, the use of racial uh, grievance and fear and even hatred uh, by this white White House has happened again and again and again. Often white evangelicals say, yeah, but there's other stuff that I like about this guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to accept that. I'm saying race, the use of racism the use of bigotry, the use of racial grievance, racial fear, racial hatred is a deal breaker for Christians, a deal breaker. And we've got to get past the individualization of this. You know, it's not about individuals, it's about systems. You know, it's about mm -hmm. the systems, the culture. So are we going to fight and resist that culture and look at the issues, at the attitudes inside? Most white people, mm -hmm. we have been oblivious for a long time Mm -hmm. to what our black neighbors know is real every day. We don't know their experience. For sure. Know? We're not in relationship. Most of our churches are not really multicultural. So that means we're just, but we, if you benefit from a system, even if you didn't cause all of that, but if you benefit from a system that's unjust, you are responsible for changing it. So who is a racist, who is not, is the wrong question. The issue is this system, this culture, it's wrong, it's bad, it's unjust, it has to be changed. And so mm -hmm. I think this election is gonna be a referendum on race and faith, mm. race and faith. What's the relationship between faith and race here? And I do believe given, given this president's behavior and policies over these last four years. Mm -hmm. I think if white Christians end up being voting for him in a majority, it's going to just break our relationship with the black body of Christ for a very long time. Mm -hmm. We've seen too much. We've heard too much. And does that mean the other side's perfect? Hardly. Does that mean we agree with everything on any side? I've never <laughs> agreed. I don't even endorse candidates. I advise anybody who wants, but, but I think it's a referendum on race and faith. So for me, that voting booth is, it isn't just electoral this time, it's confessional. Mm. We're walking in there and it's, 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 it's you and God, <laughs> you and God. And so I think, I think racism, uh, which is not just individualistic, racism is a whole history and system and culture. And I think it's time to to, to commit ourselves to a multiracial democracy. The yeah. body of Christ is the most, as you know, David, the most racially inclusive community in the world, in the world. Yeah. 
but not here in America, mm. not here in America. Let's change that here. And if we're perceived as voting against racism, that's deeper than just partisan politics or, you know, Trump isn't, isn't the whole problem. I think his behavior is a consequence, a symptom, but mm. you know, he, he didn't start this all or cause this all, but what are we going to do? How do we change that? How do we, well, how do we make the trouble that John Lewis talked about? Good that, trouble. That's interesting because it, it puts it, real quick, it puts evangelicals in an interesting, not bind, if you will, but you have a Donald Trump who uh, has some issues as it relates to his Twitter feed, if you will, and he's got other issues as well. In other words, look, he's not a Boy Scout. We all know that. He's anything but a Boy Scout. Uh, and, and, I, and we can talk about his litany of, of sins and problems and all of that. But that's the micro. The macro is you've got a guy that's not a Boy Scout, but he's pushing traditional conservative Judeo-Christian principles, even though he might not be necessarily living those out. So, so I think that's kind of the rub yeah. all along. The Boy, Boy Scout issue, to, to me, I'm, not, I'm talking here about ray racism. Right, traditional no, Christian biblical values. Right. Racism, ray, racism is, assaults the image of God. Racism right. assaults the image of God. 100%. And so this president, this administration, has pursued and pushed that. That is a theological. That's a theological offense for me. And so it's a matter of not that the other side's perfect at all, but racism is going to be, I think, the defining issue for many people in this campaign. Mm -hmm. There are other issues that are, that are important too, but I think racial justice, mm -hmm. uh, confession of our racial sins, repenting of our racial sins, any use of racial fear, grievance, Hatred, all that is just for Christians. Mm -hmm. That's a deal breaker. So racism is a deal breaker for Christians as we go to the polls in this election. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And welcome back, everybody, to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. You've been hearing from Jim Wallace today on the podcast. A very interesting conversation about race and the church and racism. And, and basically what Jim is saying, and I shouldn't even use the word basically, he's saying it is the single most important faith issue as it relates to the 2020 election, racism. He didn't say abortion. He didn't say religious freedom. He didn't talk about Israel. No, he's talking about racism. And it kind of puts, if you think about it, uh, evangelical leaders from a conservative perspective on the spot, uh, because as much as they talk about religious freedom and abortion and Israel, all tier A issues for sure. Well, Jim makes a good point. What about racism? I mean, is racism not right there in the tier A issues? Well, I think they would say absolutely it is. And then, of course, we get into the politics of it in terms of what Donald Trump has done or has not done on the race issue and what he has said or he has not said on the race issue. And so there complicates the issue. All right, let's start. Uh, let's go back to Jim Wallace. Part two now. And part of the conversation, we're going to talk about Joe Biden. He's known Joe Biden for a long time. He obviously knows Barack Obama. And he talks about the advice that he would give to Joe Biden 
coming up in the next few months. Here's Jim Wallace. I totally hear what you're saying as it relates to racism. Of course, there is the issue, and it's a big one, abortion as well. And for many Christians, uh, conservative ones, they, if they were even thinking about voting for a Joe Biden, they would have concerns based on the Democrat Party and where they've gone on abortion. So there, there's also that as well. And that, uh, I don't want to start uh, tearing these issues. Racism is in a category by itself, but abortion is also in a category by itself. But what are we, what, why don't we have a consistent ethic of life here? For example, mm-hmm. I think both parties mm-hmm. ought to agree to the, the practices that really uh, reduce abortion. There are practices, right. policies, supporting low-income women, mom, mothers, uh, educational help, uh, food, nutrition, health care. So I press Democrats all the time all the time on those issues, you know? So I want to really, let's act together to reduce abortion. Uh, uh, Absolutely, that's a moral issue for me too. But racism and right now, what God's doing right now in the world, how our lives are being changed, how this is opening up, and particularly young people. Uh, David, young people, if, if, if white Christians in majority end up supporting Donald Trump again in a way that ignores the racism. I'm afraid we're gonna lose them to the church. I'm afraid Mm. they're not gonna come back to the church. Mm. Isn't just Democrat, Republican here. I'm afraid a whole generation, my kids, my two uh, white teenage boys, uh, this is the issue uh, for an awful lot of young people, most young people. And if Christians are on the wrong side here and they say it's because of other issues, deal with those other issues. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be saying this this fall that racism is the central primary religious issue in this campaign. And if white Christians are perceived as supporting a president who has used racial fear and bigotry, I'm afraid of losing a whole generation to the church for the future. Mm. Nicely put, sir. Last question for you on Joe Biden. Have you had a chance to uh, tell me your relationship with him from the past? And have you had a chance to to counsel him at all as it relates to, I don't mean officially, but unofficially, just kind of what's that relationship been like? And, and what do you see with a potential Joe Biden presidency if indeed he is uh, blessed with uh, winning in November? Well, I've known Joe uh, over the years. Uh, I haven't talked to him since mm-hmm. he's been ru- running. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I advise anybody who wants to talk. So mm-hmm. when his people call or anybody calls, I never endorsed Barack Obama, but I advised him when, yeah. he, when he asked for help. So uh, he, he, his faith is real, to, to, to start with that. His faith is real. And his faith has been deepened because of the losses in his life, yeah, right? personal losses. I mean, that's real. His empathy is very strong and very real. And I was taken by his opening campaign ad, which said, I care about the soul of the nation. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what's at stake here, as our soul's at stake. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are a number of issues that, that uh, you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll be talking about in the campaign we should all listen to all that but number one his faith is real mm-hmm. it's real it motivates him and i think talk about the soul of a nation is really what i want to see in this campaign mm. uh our character who we are who we want to be going for it who who the we is is there a we mm. does the we include all of us uh uh so i want to see uh the body of christ 
represent the kingdom of God in the world, which is completely multicultural, multiracial. I've done a book called uh, America's Original Sin mm. uh, years ago. It's selling now uh, more in a week than it sold in a calendar year because <laughs> mm -hmm. everybody is going back to this question, America's Original Sin. I've never heard that phrase more than in the, in the last month. So I want to go back to that. What does it mean for the body of Christ to be the multicultural, multiracial, in Revelation, that's where it ends. Yeah. We all in our, in not, we all in our own races and tongues and cultures, praise God. That's, that's the end of the story. Right. That's what I want to show right now. So I'm going to hold Biden accountable on that. I want to talk about that all the time. So my advice to, to, to Biden, talk about this all the time. Mm. The soul of a nation. Who is the we? Uh, the differences in particular policies, we can work that out. I think we can talk about that stuff forever. But I think I want to say all of us, all of us, particularly uh, African-Americans, black lives, do until black lives matter, mm -hmm. no lives matter. Mm -hmm. So that sign outside my house is ragged, it's old, it's been there for years. <laughs> And all around the neighborhood, these brand new signs are up. Black Lives Matter. But ours is, it's been there forever because that's a, to me, a, that's about reconciliation. Racial reconciliation was at the heart of the ministry of the early church. And we mm -hmm. often forget that Jew and Gentile brought together that's in right. Christ. That's true. I mean, it's amazing. And so I want to get back to that. So uh, I'm with Barbara William Skinner, who is a black evangelical, who said that on the call that I, I mentioned, is, is racial bigotry a deal breaker for you? For me, the answer is yes. Anybody mm -hmm. who uses racial bigotry, yeah. no matter where they stand on other issues, that is a deal breaker. And as we wrap up, can you tell me about your podcast? It's actually very successful. It's very interesting. It's very, I'm stalking you from a podcast perspective. <laughs> I, I think the topics that you're choosing over at Sojourners and what you're doing there is, is just really um, advancing the conversation. Can you tell me a little bit more about it, Jim? Well, it's indeed called, called Soul of a Nation. Uh, that's what I call it. And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's people who are, who are trying to speak to the soul questions, the moral questions, the character questions, not just particular policy issues. Those are very important. You and I, you're a policy analyst. And that's what you do, and I do that too. But I want to get to the heart of things, the guts. Mm -hmm. what, what can bring us together across all these lines? And so, um, so I you know, have pe people on who, uh, uh, Michael Curry, who talks about, love of God, love, love, love all the time, yeah. or, uh, <laughs> uh, or, uh, or criminal justice. How do we have, uh, you know, Brian Stevenson, amazing man in, in Montgomery, Alabama. How do we have a criminal justice system that really is for all of us equally mm -hmm. and fairly? Um, how do we, how do we really become a nation that, uh, uh, just, uh, Eddie Claude last week, um, uh, a third founding. He said, we need a third founding, which is a wonderful idea. My two boys at night, one, they're, one's graduate college, the other one's going to college, mm -hmm. and they're talking about how can I be part of the third founding of America? Mm -hmm. We really commit to racial justice or racial, multiracial democracy. I love those conversations with my two boys at night. The only blessing of this 
COVID-19 is both my boys are at home, two hour dinner conversations every night. Oh, you must it's love just, that. You must oh, love I that. love that. I love, love, I love, love that. So, so I want to talk about what does it mean to find the soul of a nation again and really uh, save our souls here. So I want to, mm-hmm. I'll push Biden and anybody else who wants to talk to me about, and I'm talking to candidates around the country who are running for various things. I don't give them advice on their polling uh, yeah. or, their, or their fundraising. But I want to get to the soul issues. What are the soul issues here? The moral issues, the religious issues. And yeah. for me, this election, particularly because of what's happened now, because of Minneapolis, John Lewis just, just passed, I think we really have a chance to say that, that racism is a central primary religious issue for all of us. And I want the white Christian, that phrase, I want the word Christian to dominate over the word white. Mm-hmm. I know that's bold. I know that's bold, <laughs> but I think we have a chance to make racism the religious issue in this election. Other ones, too, that are real. Very nice. Jim Wallace, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking My the blessing. Time. Thanks, David. You take care now. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth. My big thanks to Jim Wallace this week for being on the podcast. I've known known Jim for goodness gracious, over a decade or so. So I really appreciate him joining me. Uh, A couple of points of note regarding the interview. I I know Jim Wallace is not a big Donald Trump fan. And of course, Jim Wallace talked about racism uh, being the number one central issue as it relates to faith during the 2020 campaign. I actually agree with him, uh, especially as it relates to the time that we are in now in America. I mean, uh, racism is a number one issue all the time, obviously, but especially in today's climate. So I think he's on to a good point there. Uh, I will say a few things as it relates to Donald Trump. Look, Donald Trump has said before that racism is evil. He's denounced the KKK. Oh, goodness, I've stopped counting now at least six, seven, eight, nine times. I mean, he, he's done it multiple, multiple times. And let's also be clear. I mean, Donald Trump uh, brought about the lowest unemployment uh, rate ever for African-Americans. He signed criminal justice reform into law. Uh, don't forget about the historical, historic uh, black colleges, HBC funding. So you've got that. That's uh, at record highs. So you, you put you got to put some of this in context. But look, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, Donald Trump uh, has had quite a few missteps, obviously, uh, just recently with the Confederate flag. I mean, talking about, you know, um, should it be banned? And, you know, he's talking about how uh, it's freedom of speech, which, you, you know, you can say freedom of speech is fine. But but where is the full denouncement of what that flag really represents? And I know there's going to be people that say, oh, it represents uh, pride in the South and states rights. Look, give me a break. OK, we all know that the Confederate flag and slavery go hand in hand. Whether or not you want to admit it or not is another issue. But the truth of the matter is that flag brings up that image. Uh, and it's uh, it's offensive to a lot of folks, rightly so. And Donald Trump really hasn't been all that forceful, specifically on the Confederate flag. Also, let's remember when we talk about police brutality, uh, he likes to say, you know, well, white people are killed, too. As a matter of fact, more white people are killed than blacks, which, of course, is technically true. But let's also remember, per capita, blacks are killed 
more uh, by police officers in terms of the makeup of the population than white people. So he doesn't really go to this um, kind of I feel your pain kumbaya uh, portion of the program, if you will. And that's not something that Donald Trump does naturally. Uh, but he seems to, in essence, uh, not necessarily be simpatico with the electorate that's moving in a certain direction. Uh, there are white folks in this country that are getting on board with the sentiment, at least, that Black Lives Matter. Uh, they've always believed Black Lives Matter, but there's more of a uh, of an action point, if you will, now. So I think that's important to understand. So you've got white evangelicals also obviously calling out all of this racism and everything going on uh, within uh, the, the police and, and just systemic racism that some folks believe is prevalent throughout all of society. And there's Donald Trump going law and order, law and order, law and order, which is great. The problem is you got to have some balance. And the concern, if you're Trump and anybody that supports him, is that the balance may be out of whack in 2020. And that may allow Joe Biden, who's in the basement somewhere, uh, be able to glide through and win this election because ultimately you have to be simpatico with the electorate that's out there. And I'm just concerned, especially if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you got to be concerned that he may not be so much in um, agreement with a lot of what the electorate is thinking right about now. So uh, that's kind of my take. And you know what, what we call my take on this podcast, we call it Pod's Honest Truth. Until next time, America. Mm-hmm.